Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Hey, this is John C. John, pastor of Tana Creek Community Church, Mumbai, India. It is indeed a blessed privilege to be preaching with God's word, the Bible, as my foundation. I want to thank you for tuning in. I believe that you will never be the same again as you hear the message and allow God to impact you. We're talking about the genesis of sin, which means the beginning of sin. So in the beginning, when we say that in the beginning, we're talking from uh, Genesis. Okay, Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2 and chapter 3. These three chapters we are going to have, uh, you know, a study. Not an in-depth study, but, you know, an overview. So that we will have an idea, you know, why all these things are happening around us today okay and so i'm going to start from genesis chapter 1 and it, it begins this way in the beginning god created so the word god used here in the hebrew bible is elohim which is a plural form it's not a singular form it's a plural form it does not mean many gods it means god the father god the son god the holy spirit triune God. So there are not three gods. The best way to explain that, you know, this is Trinity, triune God. Three in one. There are not three gods. There are three, you know, how, how would I say, three revelation of God. Maybe that's the best way I could explain it. You and I will not understand much about God because God is the creator and we are creatures. So, uh, I will leave it there and maybe sometime later when we study in detail about God, we will try to make you know a little bit more effort to know about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But when you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, the 66 books in the Bible, you will come across God the Father mentioned in some place, God the Son mentioned in some place, God the Holy Spirit. And so uh, uh, to make it very simple, in the Old Testament, you will always see the mention of God, 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 which is actually God the Father, Yahweh, okay. And then in the New Testament, when you begin the New Testament, you'll find the first four books, which are called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you will find the mention of Jesus, and that is God the Son. And when Jesus, after he was crucified, he died, he was buried, and then he came back to life, which we call as resurrection. Now we celebrate the Easter Sunday, so that is the resurrection, and uh, Jesus goes back to heaven. So before he goes, this is what he promises his disciples and all those who would follow him. You know, this is his word for us, that I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to the Father, but I will send you another helper. You know, that Greek terminology used, another helper is somebody like me, or maybe, you know, my spirit will be with you. You know, maybe just to help you understand, somebody equal to me, somebody just like me, somebody, somebody me. But it won't be in a physical form anymore. It will be in the spirit. Meaning, Jesus, when he mentioned, when he said that, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. So God, the Holy Spirit. As I said in the beginning, we will study about all three of them, you know, separately in a more elaborate manner. Uh, but right now, I leave it there. So when you say in the beginning, God created, that God is Elohim. It's a plural, you know, uh, 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 it is in plural, okay, but not God's. It goes on to say when you read Genesis one, you know, when God created, you know, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. 
and uh, uh, if you read genesis chapter 1 uh, let me read it out for us uh, genesis chapter 1 uh, from, from verses 1 in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the face of the waters Okay the first two verses when you read you will get to know that God created the heavens and the earth and then it goes on to say the earth was without form and void in the hebrew the word the words used there are tohu and bohu without form and vo- void tohu bohu you know when i began to read it there are different explanation to this by many great scholars and you know uh, uh, writers of books uh, christian authors and christian learned men and women of god uh, but when i read it in my simple mind this is what i understand when it says it was without form and without void i would like to believe it this way it is you know uh, it is mentioned in that way for us to understand that there was nothing created on the earth see the earth was without form and void which means no nothing was created on the earth god just created the heavens obviously in the heavens all the hosts in heavens angels and all that god created and then maybe god, i mean I, part of this is the whole when i say heavens it may also mean uh, the, uh, the whole universe earth is also part of it but god did not create anything on earth so uh, maybe that is how it is explained tohu bohu without form and void there was no actual <coughs> you know um, anything created on earth i hope uh, you were able to understand okay in simple words no it was just just lying like that just just empty earth obviously there was water on the earth everywhere water was there uh, I believe truly believe God created that as well when he created the heavens and the earth. Uh we don't have any specific mention of how God created the water, uh but obviously everything is created by God. Now it goes on to say darkness was on the face of the deep. When it says deep, my mind suddenly goes into outer space, meaning there was darkness everywhere. light was not created and so there was darkness everywhere so when you look into darkness you won't see the end so it looked like you know eternity deep far off like 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 our outer space so darkness was everywhere darkness was on the earth darkness was everywhere there was nothing created these are what i would understand and so when it says there was darkness you know obviously you and i would believe darkness means the black it's dark black you know you won't be able to see anything so because nothing was created so since there was nothing created you know darkness just filled the whole place okay but if you read isaiah chapter 45 verse 6 it also says darkness is part of god's creation isaiah 45 verse 6 darkness is part of god's creation now you you would tell me or you would question me brother or friend or john your pastor however you address me you would say you know it's it's not mentioned here clearly did god create uh, you know the darkness did god create the waters you know uh, it's not mentioned here obviously the bible doesn't mention everything you know whatever is essential for us to know that is recorded in the bible and at first itself let me make it clear bible does not have the complete revelation of god whatever must be known to us the human beings whatever god wanted to reveal to us about him he has revealed that much that we must know that's enough for us to know about god in the bible okay so whatever we as human beings need to know about god 
all of that is there on the bible but bible does not have the completeness of god why because that's not needed for us and uh, we will come to that later why we don't need that and why only uh, you know some part of or we have only some knowledge of god we will come to that much later but i leave you with these words here in the beginning and then it goes on to say verse 3 then god said let there be light and there was light and god goes on on and on so it begins with a, a, a light being created and then sky was created and then what did god do uh, you know god separated the waters on the earth so waters uh, and he kind of uh, collected into one place and he called it sea and obviously dry land appeared he called it the earth and he said let all kinds of vegetation plants and herbs let it come you know just grow up on the uh, on the dry land then on the fourth day god created sun moon and stars fifth day god created you know all kinds of living beings in the water and all kinds of birds Sixth day God created all kinds of animals on land and finally God created human beings. Seventh day God took rest. So this is how in nutshell I would you know bring out creation to you. But I wouldn't want you to believe that these are exactly 7 days. Okay? It is much more than that because when you read science, when you study science, you will get to know the earth is millions of years old. And so You know, I would like to go with that belief. Yes, it is millions of years old, and there is nothing contradicting in the Bible that you know that would say no. The Earth is not millions of years old. Bible doesn't want to prove whether the Earth is millions of years old or not. That's not needed. As I said, there are many things not hidden, but not mentioned actually because it's not profitable for us. Okay, how does it benefit you by knowing if the Earth was really ten thousand million years, a million years old, or much more than that, or less than that? It doesn't actually benefit us for today. Okay, so uh, Bible is silent about certain things. We will talk about that also in you know in, in in the latter part. You know, maybe some other study Bible study when we do, we will talk about all of that. Okay, so when you come here, God created light. That's the first thing we say. as i said don't take it as seven days it can be 7000 years so each year you know each 1000 year god created something the next 1000 year god created something else you know little by little step by step you know the trees have to all grow up you know uh, and uh, all kinds of birds have to reproduce and there should be many many birds and you know i don't know but i'm just trying to make it simple for us to understand uh, maybe uh, you know it could have taken hundreds of years but absolutely fine no problem but according to our understanding based on the bible human beings were on this planet for around 6000 years around 6000 years that's all we have based on you know the understanding from the bible if you read how you last be how you now bible talks about you know uh, bible records many generations till jesus and things like that so uh, from the first man adam to jesus you know a list of the generation is given so it's easy for us to know after adam who was his son who was his son you know goes on till jesus from jesus till now 2000 years so uh, till jesus was 4000 years jesus to now 2000 years so approximately 6000 years man's existence on this earth but the earth is older and you would say uh, you know pastor there was dinosaurs obviously there were dinosaurs because fossils reveal that and i don't have anything against it they would have lived many 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 years before uh, you know man was created and uh, they died so we don't have any living evidence of a dinosaur but as i said 
I'm open to you uh, know understanding that the earth is much older creation is much older so don't take it seven days but for human beings to understand it's put in nutshell so kind of like a seven day you know picture is given to you so God created light so God was one and two God created and then what happened was God quiet maybe God was quiet for some time. Maybe God was planning. Maybe God was thinking about how he could go about it, where he could start. You know, for example, you know, when we are setting up an aquarium, that's the best way to explain you know, what I have understood. When, 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 we want to, when we want to set up an aquarium, I have an aquarium in my home. How do we go about setting up an aquarium? We don't just put the fish in first, then we put in the stones, and then after that we put some sand, then we just throw in some plants and finally pour water. No, the fish would die. So we would want to sit down and plan how we want to do everything step by step. I hope you're able to understand what I'm saying. You know, so we cannot just pour the water from the top just randomly like that. We'll have to slowly pour in the water. You know, put the sand on the floor of the aquarium in a very neat manner. Plant you know, the plants and whatever, you know, as and how it does. And for last is when we put in the fish. I would always believe it this way. Where did man get this? And where did I get this understanding that the living being, the fish, must be put in last when the whole stage is set? I believe that I got this. It's similar, it's same with you. Everyone born on this planet. We got this creative idea, this beautiful understanding from our Father God Himself. Because He did exactly that. He put in one by one everything so that this earth, the whole universe could be ready, suitable for man to be put here. So God got the whole earth ready. He made it beautiful. So it says, let there be light. That was the first thing God created. Why suddenly let there be light? So this is the explanation I have given during our Bible study. You know, I would like to say that God wanted to open the stage for something new He was beginning to do. So just like, you know, uh, when, when there's a street play or the, the, there's a stage drama, you know, someone pulls, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the curtains on the stage to the side and the first scene. And then the curtains come back and the second scene. So I would like to say that God did something like that. He kind of, you know, started the scene by putting in the light, like, wow, first scene, let there be light. So it was kind of trying to tell, I'm, I'm beginning all over again, or I'm beginning, or I'm going to start something new. So let there be light. So when there's light all around, you can see what you're doing, everything is visible. Not that God can't see, but obviously stage lights come out right first. So something like that. Okay, just trying to make, help us understand describe creation in a layman's language so you and I would understand what God was doing and the light came out what else did the light do the light kept the darkness at bay you see till then darkness was everywhere when light comes in darkness have to flee okay since there was the presence of emptiness and nothing perfect God had to start something fresh on a page and that's why he said let there be light and this light was not from the sun because sun was still not created this was the light that God created and I want you to understand there is no need for sun if there is a need for light sun is not required God himself is light if you read in the New Testament Jesus says, I am the light of the world God is light and so maybe this light was radiating from God. This light was all over the universe. 
okay and then one by one god created everything that i said uh, in the beginning but why did god create sun now when you come to the fourth of god's creation sun moon and stars you know when you read the bible god said let there be light you know in the sky of the heavens to divide the day and the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years so verse 14 of chapter 1 of genesis it clearly you know gives us there are there is a big purpose not just giving light on the day and to show which is day which is night but specifically specifically for seasons for to for calculate the days and years for signs okay so i leave it there god creates everything and one very important thing at every stage of god's creation if you read chapter 1 you will get to know god saw it was good what does it mean everything god created was good and perfect good and perfect good and perfect on the seventh day what did god do god took rest when god had finished all of creation he finished creation he finished you know when you read chapter 2 verse 1 thus the heavens and the earth and all host of them were finished when god says finished it is finished jesus on the cross he said the same thing it is finished what is finished the purpose for which he came to the earth is finished he has taken care of everything that had to be that had to be taken care the work is finished similarly here the same god says it is finished the work he started it's finished god is a god who begins and he finishes he doesn't you know leave it halfway through and just goes you know just goes off he's a diligent god he begins he begins it perfectly he begins it with full planning and he brings it to a completion exactly perfect completion So God is perfect, God is good. So everything that God created was perfect and good. There was nothing wrong, nothing bad, nothing evil in anything God created. There was nothing imperfect. And then you begin to read chapter 2. Then you begin to see that you know a little bit more explanation is given about man. How did God make man? Everything else God created, God created with a command. Let there be, let there be, let there be, you know? Let the earth bring forth animals, let the earth bring forth fruits, let there be, let there be. By the word of his mouth, God created everything out of nothing. God created everything. But when it came to man, God just didn't say something. He put his hand to work. He created a beautiful, you know, I would say like a like a man-sized, you know, 6-foot doll or maybe I don't know, 5.8 foot doll. A nice clay doll he created. It it lay still on the floor of of the earth. And then what did God do chapter 2? Now verse 7 and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and then what did he do he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being so God breathed into his nostrils life God had to give life to this you know uh, 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 to this beautiful doll it looked beautiful it looks amazing because God created it but it didn't have life even today you and I have the qualities of God we can create something beautiful but you and I can't give it life You and I can't give it everlasting life. Only God can because he is the source of life. That's what we teach. None of us have the right to take away anyone's life because only if you can give life you have the right to take it away. But none of us have the power to give life. Only God has the power to give life and that's why God can take it away. So God gave life to this particular, you know, doll on the floor and became a living being, man. Now, chapter 1 verse 26. How did man look like? 
Not the physical state. Sure, obviously, the physical, we look the same. I, I want to bring, you know, bring a point here uh, right away. We are not the product of some Big Bang theory. We are not the product of some evolution. My great-great-grandfather was not an ape. My ancestors were not from you know, the monkeys. They looked amazing. They looked beautiful. Maybe much beautiful than me. You know why? Because in chapter 1 verse 26, it clearly says, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. God said, let us make man. When God said, let us, I'm going back to chapter 1 verse 1. God, Elohim, triune God. That's exactly the same here. Let us means the three, the triune God. You know, came to one agreement, no disagreement. They always agree. Always, there's no disagreement between them, among them. They always are because they are the same. They are not different from each other. They are the same. And so they made man in their image and their likeness. What does that mean? We have qualities of God. That's why we can create something beautiful. We can paint something beautiful. We can think good. We can love. We have compassion. This didn't come from thin air. This came because we are created in the image and likeness of God. And that's why we have godliness in us. That's why. That's why man searches for God. Man goes to every place to search for God. Because there is a God vacuum in every man. And when God created man, he created in him God vacuum. Only God can fill that. And so unless and until God fills it, man goes and search for something that can fill that. And so we are created in the image and likeness of God. We don't look like any animals. Okay, so I leave it there. And then when you read chapter 2, you will also come across that there was a place called Eden. And in that Eden, God created a beautiful garden. Okay, on the east side of that Eden, which maybe it was a big place, you know, maybe just like Mumbai, Satane, Manpada, whichever local place, a village, city that you come from. Now, Eden was like that, a bigger place. But in Eden, on the east world, or the east side of Eden, God created a beautiful garden with all kinds of plants and trees and everything beautiful. And in that garden, God put Adam. The first man that God created, he put Adam there. Everything that Adam needed to exist was available in that garden. The garden was not an incomplete garden. It was a perfect, complete garden. Everything that Adam needed was found in that garden. If you read chapter 2, verse 9. Out of the garden the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Man needed beauty to see and he saw that man needed food and that was available and so all of that was available for man when he lived in that garden God prepared that garden for him but there's something more important here in the midst of the garden God placed two trees the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil God placed in the midst of the garden and there are a few things mentioned there in chapter 2. I'm not going to go into that. But I'm going to come back to this tree. God told Adam that he is not supposed to go and eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He can eat of every other tree. Fruit from, fruits from every other tree. He can enjoy that. It's for him. But this tree he must not now the fruit from this tree must not eat. God didn't talk about the tree of life here. You know why? Because Adam was already experiencing life. 
and so he will never go and eat from the tree of life. He is already having life. Why did God place these two trees in the garden? We can only know that when we ask God, we do not have an answer to it. At least I don't have any clear cut answer to it. But one thing is very clear in the Bible. God told Adam, don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The day you eat, you will surely die. The day you eat of it, you shall surely die. God clearly gave you know, an instruction to Adam that Adam is supposed to keep for the rest of his life. And then when God saw Adam, he also realized one thing, that Adam was very lonely. Adam was very lonely. Now God said it's not good. Chapter 2 verse 18. God himself said it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. In some of our Bible translations it say I'll make him a suitable helper. Now somebody who can be suitable to him, comparable to him. Somebody who can come around him. Somebody who's just like him. There's no comparison here. There's nothing about equal below above. Somebody just like him. No, as God said in the beginning, God created Adam in the image of his likeness. And no, in the, God created Adam in the image of his, you know, uh, in his image and likeness. Which does not, which does not mean only Adam, which also means Eve. But God created Adam first. And from Adam, God created Eve. I'll come to that soon. So Eve is in the image of Adam. Eve is in the likeness of Adam and Adam is in the image and likeness of God. So both of them in short are in the image and likeness of God. Okay? Because they were living in a perfect world. So what did God do? God wanted Adam to find a suitable helper, you know. So God sent all the animals, you know, to Adam and Adam, you know, looked at all the animals and he looked at all the, you know, all this beautiful and he, he, whatever name he called them, that was the name for the animals. And Today the world says, the dog is man's best friend. I disagree. I disagree. Adam didn't find a good friend in any of the animals. Though these animals were not wild, they were not ferocious, because they were living in a perfect good world at that time. They didn't kill each other. I'm quite sure they didn't kill each other. Adam had nothing to fear. There was no wild animals. Everything, every animal were, you know, was given to him. He was, he was called to rule over the animals. Maybe he didn't kill and eat. He would have been eating fruits. It doesn't say he was a non-vegetarian. Adam was a pure vegetarian. I truly believe that. But anyway, coming to the point here. Adam didn't find anyone suitable for him among the animals. Today the man is not able to find a suitable, comparable companion in his life. And he finds that among animals. We have gone way below God's creative standards. God's holy standards. I'm not against animals. I love animals. I love pets. I love dogs. I'm not against any of that. But man's best friend is not an animal. Definitely not an animal. And so when Adam did not find a suitable helper comparable to him, verse 20, you know, God said, let me make something beautiful for Adam. Not anything that looks like these things that I've created, but somebody that's perfect for Adam. And you know the story if you read chapter 2 was, you know, the last few verses of chapter 2, God took out a rib from Adam's, you know, body you know, uh, and from his side and created a woman, beautiful woman out of the rib. And Adam called that, you know, woman Eve. And he said, 
this is my flesh this is my flesh and when adam looked at eve he said this is now bone of my bone she shall be called women and so adam and eve began to live together in that beautiful garden perfect good beautiful garden and it says they were naked but they didn't realize they were naked because materialistic thinking physical thinking meaning sensual thinking did not exist at that time only holy thinking godly thinking every thought brought praise to god their life brought glory to god they were covered with the righteousness of god so they did not realize you know their physical condition that was not needed the spiritual condition was more important it was god who realized that man was alone man didn't realize maybe man felt he was lonely but it was god who said man is alone and and so therefore i make this statement very clear woman is the plan of god not a plan of man so woman is not created to be below man man do not have the right to 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 attack women or 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 to dominate them or destroy them or cause harm to any woman because woman is god's gift to man woman is god's plan woman is created by god just as adam was god's plan woman is also God's plan. She was created to be a helper, to help Adam in all his responsibilities. What was Adam's responsibilities? Chapter 2 verse 15 Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. So he was called to take care of the garden to be the keeper of God's garden. He was a representative of God. He was called to take care of the garden. That was Adam's responsibility. And what was Eve's responsibility? To help Adam in doing all of that. If you read chapter 1 If you read chapter 1 verse 28 God blessed the male and female, Adam and Eve. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So man was called by God to have dominion over everything God created. So he was representing God as a caretaker, as a protector or, 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 or overseeing what God created. That was man's responsibility. Eve's responsibility was to help Adam in all of this. So she was a suitable helper. Helper doesn't mean somebody below. Helper means somebody of the same substance. Somebody who could come around and be with Adam to, to help him fulfill what God wants him, him to do. So in other words, both of them together fulfill the purpose of God.